Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing this morning? All right, let's stand if you would. I hope you came ready to worship the Lord. We're going to sing, Oh, Happy Day. Come on, put your hands together.
you're saved, let me hear you this morning. <laughs> Amen. All right, we're going to raise a hallelujah this morning. Amen. Here we go. One, two, three, four.
don't get you woke up, I don't know if I can help you. Amen. That's good stuff. All right. We're going to take just a moment. Uh, everybody here uh, knows the Lord. Hopefully, if you don't, we can take care of that before you leave today. Put a smile on your face if you're saved. Hello. Are you saved? Put a smile on The joy of the Lord is my strength. You ever read that one? It's in the Bible. I promise. I saw it there. Amen. All right. Put that smile on. Tell somebody you're glad to see them this morning as we continue to worship. All right. Tell somebody you're glad to see them today. this morning. You can uh, find your place and go ahead and uh, be seated. And uh, we've got a few announcements before we carry on, all right? Good to see everybody this morning. Amen. All right. <laughs> all right, you can be seated. We've got just a few announcements. Uh, first things first, is anybody a first-time visitor today? Anybody a first-time visitor? There, we got one right there. There should be a communication card. You got one right there? Okay, good. Now, the communication cards are scattered on your seats today. That's because I'm going to use them later on in the service, but I'm not going to tell you why yet, all right? Uh, but, uh, but fill that out if you would. Thank you for being here today. Put that in the basket on your way out. And uh, we're so glad that you're here today. And I'll explain to the rest of you why those are out there you could, uh, to use for later on the service. Uh, just a few announcements. Don't forget our Wednesday schedule. We have a full schedule on Wednesday. Wednesday mornings, we have a Bible study uh, from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Would love to have you come. Always have a, it's, uh, it's quite a crew, amen. And we'd love to have you join us, all right? Uh, usually uh, it's uh, uh, 11 or 12 people. Would love to have you come and join us. And this uh, Wednesday night, we have a full scale of everything. We have a dinner at 6 o'clock. 7 o'clock, we have uh, something for all ages. The youth meet in here uh, in the auditorium. Kids meet in the middle, and the adults meet uh, for Bible study in the fellowship hall. So please come and take advantage of that on Wednesday nights. It's always uh, a packed house, and God does amazing things. Miss Cheryl runs the bus, and we just have tons of kids. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Also, don't forget, every Sunday, we have Sunday school for all ages at 10 a.m., so come a little bit earlier if you're not coming to that. And giving statements for 2021 are on the back table. If you've not picked yours up yet, uh, you can. Uh, it's got a record of uh, your giving for 2021. Uh, don't forget, you can give uh, live uh, here, uh, put it in an envelope and uh, cash or check, but you can also give online now. That's at giving.landmarktyler.com. And you can set that up one time, and then it's real easy from that point on. Uh, don't forget, daylight savings time is coming. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, everybody ready? Ready for longer days, warmer weather? Me too. But in order to get there, this is not the good one. This is kind of the bad one. This is, uh, this is not fall 
Uh, this is spring forward, so we got to move forward an hour, which means you lose an hour of sleep, all right? Uh, but guess what? I'm going to be here. I want you to be here, all right? So just get up an hour earlier. Uh, these days, we really don't have any excuse. Your phone automatically does it for you and flips over in the middle of the night. So set your alarm, and you'll still get up. Just uh, no, no excuses now, okay? All right. Uh, our pre-planning service that I talked about that Bill Davis is going to come and do, uh, where you can pre-plan for uh, wills and uh, uh, funeral arrangements, all that stuff. Uh, Brother Bill had some uh, family issues come up, and so we're going to have to postpone that. So I'll keep you posted on that when we're going to reschedule that. Uh, so uh, if you had that on your calendar, just go ahead and take that off, and we'll reschedule later on. And then don't forget, we started a life recovery class. Brother Tracy uh, Cantlin uh, is teaching that. Give him a big hand, if you would. And uh, uh, it's a 12-week class, but it just started, so it's not too late to come and join and start today. It's uh, 2 o'clock today, uh, and they meet in one of the classrooms here. And uh, you can see Brother Tracy or myself if you're interested. Uh, it's for any and all addictions, and I know many times people think, well, you know, it's drugs or alcohol. Well, if I don't have those two, I ain't got no problem. Guess what? You got problems, all right? Uh, we, we all have an addiction problem. We all have a sin problem. And so if you're struggling in some areas, it can be anger. It can be spending. It can be just any kind of issue that you might be dealing with. It's a wonderful, wonderful class for any of those things. So come check that out. Uh, then I'm going to do something right now that's a little bit different because... Y'all know Brother Mark is a little bit different. Uh, and the reason I'm going to do this today is because today I'm preaching on serving in our place in the body and what God has called us to do. And I wanted to not only preach that to you, but also use it as an opportunity to recognize all the volunteers that we have. It takes so many people. I know it's, uh, this is kind of the spotlight. You see the people on stage uh, singing and preaching. And sometimes we think, well, if I don't have those gifts, I don't have anything to offer the church. Nothing could be further from the truth. And uh, you may not realize how many people it takes to make all of this happen on Sundays and Wednesdays. I'm going to prove it to you, all right, because i got a list of them here. And guess what? In order to honor that, we're going to recognize them. And I have a, uh, I know they don't do it for rewards, but I have a $10 gift certificate for every one of them to Mardell's, all right? Nobody's excited about that? Okay. All right. All right. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to call names out. And here's the danger of doing this. Anytime you recognize volunteers, I can guarantee you I'm going to leave somebody off. And let me say this, boo-boo. Don't get your feelings hurt, all right? Get your feelings off your shoulder. I'm liable to forget somebody. Brother Mark is human. I know that's hard to believe. Amen. But I'm probably, I can almost guarantee I'm going to forget somebody. And I'm going to give you permission to call Brother Mark out. I don't, I'm not ever going to give you that permission again, but if I forget you, call me out, okay? Because I don't want to forget anybody or rec not recognize anybody. We're going to start with those that are on stage just because it's easier. Uh, some are not here today. Kelly Allen uh, plays for us. Give uh, Kelly a big hand. And uh, he's here, plays the bass for us, uh, teaches, preaches, does many things for us. Uh, Jared Graham is at uh, Drill Instructor School for two months. He's being... Uh, uh, learning how to be a drill instructor and uh, tell people what to do as if he didn't already do that. Um, so we love Jared. We thank him. And uh, Brother Robert Cheek has been uh, filling in for him. Give Brother Robert a big hand if you would. We keep the drummers in a cage. Amen. They're a little wild. we got to keep them caged up, all right? 
Uh, and then uh, Brother Martin Ibarra called in, and he's got uh, flu symptoms this morning, so he's not here. But Brother Martin does a, such a wonderful job with our youth and uh, preaching and filling in. We're so blessed. Amen. Uh, Chris Wallace playing that guitar for us. Amen. Amen. And uh, let's see here. Tracy Little singing for us this morning. Amen. Give Miss Tracy a big hand. Oh, there's another one. Amen. Here she comes. <laughs> if you've never seen a man play guitar with a baby, you're fixing to see it right now. Amen. Uh, all right. Julie Trammell, give her a big hand. Take care of our music. Amen. Miss Gail Cantlin uh, helping us out over here with sign language. Thank you so much. And uh, let's see here. Um, now, somebody, now we'll start to get to the behind the scenes. That was the spotlight ones. But now this is going to be behind the scenes stuff. Uh, James and Melissa Tomlinson. Uh, Melissa, if you want to come get both of them. They do all of our AV stuff, all of our media stuff. And uh, it takes time. Somebody has to type all of these words in, put all these slides together uh, for every Sunday that happens. All right. Uh, Nelson Hall. Brother Nelson. Give Nelson a big hand. Nelson is here before anybody, unlocks the building, makes coffee, locks the building up. He's usually the first one here and the last one to leave. Amen. So, Brother Nelson, we love you. We thank you. Uh, let's see here. Uh, and I wanted to do this now because our children's church people will be going out. So that's one of the reasons I wanted to do it now. So let's recognize some of them. Miss Ginger Metz and Barbara Deal work with our younger kids. Give them a big hand. Amen. Yes, yes. All right. And it wouldn't hurt some of y'all to go change some dirty diapers, amen? Bless their heart. I know they've seen more than their share of dirty diapers, amen? Uh, Miss Cindy Bryant is, uh, had oral surgery. She's not able to be here today, but she uh, does our older kids. Give Miss, uh, Miss Cindy a big hand if you would, all right? Uh, we have some guys that teach Sunday school every Sunday morning. They are faithful to come and teach every Sunday morning. Brother Buck Wells, amen, Brother Buck. Come on, come on. And then uh, Jose Deaton, amen. Jose, come and get yours, amen, if you would. Brother Buck teaches our adults. Brother Jose teaches our, our youth Sunday school. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Amen. All right, and then let's see here. Tracy Cantlin has uh, started up uh, doing our class every Sunday, amen, so thank you, Brother Tracy. God bless you, brother. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, let's see, Mary and Richard Kidd, they're not here today, but she cooks a gigantic meal for us every Wednesday night, amen? It's a wonderful thing. All right, let's see here. Uh, Miss, uh, and these are people who help her back there, Miss Pat Lampin makes desserts for us somebody has to make all those fine desserts that we have amen and then also miss pat and miss pam shaw pam you come they count our money every sunday they get they go in my office and they count all the offering and giving uh to that so brother mark don't ever have to touch it and uh have any questions of that if there's money missing i just blame them too amen <laughs> amen all right uh let's see here and then uh, somebody has come in here and cleaned this building every week. Yes, Lord. Praise the Lord. I hear that voice. Amen. Uh, Miss Kate Johnson. Miss Kate Johnson, would you come? Amen. 
Miss Kate kind of heads this up for us, the cleaning team. And uh, we always need more, amen? Always need more volunteers. See Miss Kate if you can help in that area. Uh, Mark Gimble, I don't think he's able to be here this morning. Uh, Cheryl Wilson, she's not able to be here, but she uh, helps on the cleaning team and drives the, uh, the bus every Wednesday night, amen? Give Miss Cheryl a big hand if you would. Uh, another one that kind of helps with some of our desserts and stuff is, uh, and then on the cleaning also team also is Vera McCoy. Vera, come get you one, amen. Amen. And then another one that's on that team that I don't believe is here today, Miss Rebecca Martin. All right, so give her a big hand if you would. All right, and then we have some uh, fairly new folks. Brian Scarborough normally r runs our uh, van for us on Sunday mornings. He's out of town today. And then Miss April uh, Scarborough has been helping with the kids on Wednesday night and Sunday mornings. I think she's helping this morning. Amen. So give Miss April a big hand if you would. And then Glenda Hobbs helps also in the kitchen. She uh, she has uh, even stepped in for Miss Mary a few times when Miss Mary can't be here. Amen. She says, not too often, amen. <laughs> uh, <that's good. laughs> and then, uh, you know, every season that comes along, somebody has to come and decorate, and uh, you don't want me doing that. I don't have an eye for that at all. Uh, but Miss Vicki Allison, Miss Vicki, come uh, if you would. She <laughs> takes care of changing things, decorating for us, and uh, all those things. And then also who helps on that is Miss Linda Jeter. She has helped us on that. And also with cooking and food. Come on, Miss Linda. Come on. I know Miss Linda don't like the recognition, but that's why I like to see her squirm. Amen. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, and then uh, while Miss Linda's coming, also uh, Vicki wanted me to tell y'all for her and Jack, thank y'all for all your prayers and all that you've done. She said, I can't send a thank you note to everybody. So will you tell everybody thank you for me, for all the prayers, for food, anything that you've done to help Jack and Vicki, uh, thank you from them, all right? All right. All right, call me out. Have I forgotten anybody? Myself. I I'll take one right there, amen. All right, thank you, thank you, amen. All right, here's the thing that you've got to understand, though, uh, and this was my point on all this. It takes a ton of people. That's a list of about 30 people right there. It takes that many people all this that happens throughout the week on Sundays and Wednesdays, everything that you see done, it doesn't just magically happen. There's not a little bunch of elves that come in here and twitch their nose and it all gets done. It all has to be done and uh, it takes everybody doing their part. And the only way you don't burn people out and the only way that you uh, serve with gladness is if everybody's pulling their weight. Amen. And so that's what I'm going to talk about this morning. But I wanted to just honor them. Let's give everybody a big hand again, if you would, all right? All right. If you would, let's, uh, let's stand, if you would. We're going to worship a little bit more, okay?
wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can be seated.
Father, we just come to you this morning, Lord, just thanking you that you tore the veil where we could come and pray to you, God, that we could just call upon your name any moment of the day, Father. You are there. Lord, we ask that you would teach us more of your word, Father, that we can apply to our lives, God. Lord, as the song we just sang, when temptation comes my way and when I cannot stand, then I'll fall on you. You are our hope. You are our hope, Father, for our lives and for our nation, God. We know you are in control. Father, we just thank you for your your love, for your grace, for your mercy, for your forgiveness when we fall. You're just a good God. You're a good, good Father. So now, Lord, just um, take the distractions away as we listen to your word, and may it be your words and and. Uh, that we would leave here with a closer walk with you, a closer um, newness of the word, God. Lord, if anyone's here and they don't know you as their Savior, Father, that they would not leave here without knowing you today, God, except in the free gift that you give us. We ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Well, it's good to see you this morning. and. Uh, all of those children's workers we just gave a hand to, give them a hand again. And if you've got any kids, they can go take advantage of that. This is a group that just uh, sacrifices and uh, gives and takes care of that group. So you can stay in here and focus and uh, hopefully focus and not fall asleep. Amen. All right. And uh, it's uh, they do a wonderful job back there. Uh, I'm just going to jump right in this morning because I took a little bit of time just to recognize everybody. But I wanted you to see how many people it takes to make all this happen every week, amen? And here's here's the sad fact of the matter many times is, and it's true not just in this church, it's true in every church and really any volunteer organization, there's about 30% of the people, and if you take those 30 people, that's, that's kind of a pretty accurate, 30 to 40% of the people that are doing most of the work, most of the giving, and most of the volunteering. And so just think what would happen uh, if everybody served like they were supposed to serve, if everybody just did a small part, not everybody can be on the stage, not everybody can preach or sing, but listen, you saw how many people it takes just to make all of this happen. And if everybody did everything and just was their part and did their small part, I can guarantee you we'd never be in need for any money. Anytime anybody needed any help, there'd be plenty of money, plenty of funds. Uh, there would never be anything that wouldn't get done. There'd be plenty of volunteers. There'd be plenty of people to step up, and nobody would ever burn out because there would be not an, an un, there wouldn't be an unnecessary unnecessary burden on any one person. What happens is many times it ends up being the same people doing the same thing every single week, every time. Listen, all those people you just saw go back there, most of them do it every single week. Now, some of you, hopefully after this sermon today you could step in and you could give some of them a break where they maybe would only have to do it every other week or so. Uh, we, we try to keep enough 
people on our cleaning team that each team is only having to clean it once a month. But if somebody falls through the cracks or somebody doesn't step up and do it, then that puts an unnecessary burden and somebody has to come and fill that spot. So what I'm saying is, is that if we all pull our weight and we all do what we're supposed to do, then there would never be a need for any of it. Um, so we're going to talk today uh, some verses you're probably very familiar with, and I'm just going to jump right in because, again, I took some extra time recognizing everybody today. But 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. It says this, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Uh, for by one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? No. If the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? Can you imagine one big eyeball? What if I was up here just one big eyeball, amen? Be kind of freaky, wouldn't it? All right. Where would the hearing be? If the whole were a hearing, where would, be the, where would be the smelling? Okay. Let's try to make a point here. But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? It would be a mess if we were all just one big ear, one big eyeball. But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And I'll stop here and say, you know, sometimes the least glamorous part. You ever look at your big toe? It's not real pretty, is it? At least mine's not, all right? Uh, but guess what? You get that big toe, you got out there mowing, mowing your yard and flip-flops. First of all, don't do that, all right? Uh, but let's say you're out there mowing your yard and flip-flops and you cut your big toe off. It's going to mess you up. It's going to throw your balance off. It's going to mess you up. So sometimes the most, what he's saying here is the most unglamorous parts, everything serves a purpose. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow great honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to that part which lacks it. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, here's probably the most important verse. If one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. Or if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Okay? Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. All right? Listen, when we... Uh, and there, there's another verse that says that we should weep with those who weep and mourn with those who mourn. That's what he's saying. When one of our body hurts, when one of our body is suffering, we should all be suffering. When one is rejoicing, we're all rejoicing. Amen. I'm looking here today. Young man's going to get married. Amen. Brother Nicholas Parrish is going to get married in just uh, how long? A week? Two weeks? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Give him a hand. Amen. Come on, Nicholas. <laughs> And uh, we should be rejoicing with him, amen, and to oh, brother, come on, we're praying for you, amen. No, that's good, that's good, amen. Uh, all right, so, you know, this, this is what it's saying, that we are all one body, but we've all got a part to play. Uh, we can't all be the head, we can't all be the eyeball, we can't all be the, again, the uh, in the spotlight or on the stage up here, 
but it takes every single part of the body functioning properly to make it work, all right? Get, so when you came in here today, and here's the thing, every Sunday or Wednesday, think about this. Somebody, and I already, already recognized Brother Nelson. Somebody had to come and unlock the building, Brother Nelson. Somebody had to clean the building this week so that when you walked in this morning, the building would be clean and presentable for you. Somebody had to make coffee, Brother Nelson, amen. Uh, somebody had to come and prepare and teach the Sunday school lessons this morning, amen. Somebody had to prepare these slides and type all the words in that you're reading on the screen right now. Somebody had to practice their music, amen. All you musicians, did you practice this week, amen. Uh, in order for it to sound right, everybody had to spend some time practicing, and they had to show up early this morning to practice. Uh, somebody had to study their sermon, where you hope they did, amen. Uh, somebody had to cook the Wednesday night meal so that you could eat it, amen. Then after you got through eating it, like a bunch of pigs, somebody had to clean it up, amen. And then uh, somebody had to... Uh, uh, somebody had to make the dessert, and somebody had to clean up the pots and pans in the kitchen. Somebody had to run the bus in the van Wednesday night. Somebody had to prepare to teach the youth and teach the adult Bible study and teach the kids. Somebody had to prepare to teach the children and watch the babies. If you do not come, tithe, serve, or give, it matters. If you don't do your part, it matters, and it affects the entire body. If you don't do your part, if Brother Mark don't do his part, that's pretty glaringly obvious, isn't it? But guess what? Any of those 30 people I called their names this morning, if they don't show up and don't do their part, that also affects the body. You might only really notice it if, if I don't do my part, but guess what? If I get a phone call and somebody says, I can't do this this week, then somebody has to fill that hole. Somebody has to do that so it can get done this week, all right? And so that's why we need everybody. If you've ever been in the military, you've heard all hands on deck, especially in the Navy. That's what we need every Sunday, every Wednesday, all hands on deck. Amen. So I'm going to give you four things. Now I'm going to use an example this morning. This is going to be pretty gross. But many of you know, about two years ago, I had a full knee replacement, this left knee right here. I'd hitch this up and show you the scar, but it would not be pretty. Amen. I'm going to spare you the pain. I won't do that, all right? But I had a full knee replacement. Now, how did I know when it was time that this knee, I needed to get something done and have it replaced? Because it began to hurt more and more, and it began to throw me off, and my knee would not function like it needed to, and so then I had to get this, this brace. Anybody here ever had to wear one of these braces? And as it hurt, I was trying to just get more stability, and so I would put this brace on, and that helped for a little while. And I finally got to hurting so much, I went and saw an orthopedic surgeon, and um, he looked at it, and he said, yeah, he said, all oh, your cartilage is gone, you're pretty much, you're close to bone on bone. And I said, well, doctor, how will I know when it's time to have surgery? He said, oh, you'll know. He said, when it's time, you'll be right back in here seeing me. When it's hurt so much you can't stand it anymore, when it's affected your, your life and your activity so much that you can't do the things you used to do, you'll be in and you'll know when it's time. And sure enough, he pegged it. Amen. I had to come back because it had hurt so much. Now, you, you know what had happened? It had affected me so much, the knee not working properly, that it was starting to throw off all the other parts of my body. 
you ever anybody with a bad knee can testify to this or a bad hip you've had a knee replacement or hip replacement it throws your entire body up because what are you doing if one part of the body is not doing its job the rest of the body has to overcompensate all right you see where i'm going with this preacher where i'm preaching this towards amen so if one part is not doing its part all of the rest of the body has to overcompensate and it throws everything off i was beginning to hurt in my other knee because it was taking the load of the weight my hips began to get off kilter because i was favoring one side and all of the weight was going to one side and it was affecting my entire body that's exactly what happens in the church if you're the knee and you just decide one day i don't like this serving the lord i'm just gonna stop guess what somebody's gonna have to overcompensate and you're gonna throw the rest of the body off amen so everybody has to step up and do their part okay so i'm going to go through these four things number one displaced forces us to wear a brace all right why'd i have to start wearing this because i was trying to keep this knee going as long as i possibly could and so when i put the brace on it kind of helped give it some support that the cartilage wasn't there to do but it only it only operated for just a little while all right so I've got a few points under each one. Uh, do you know how much one part of the body compensates for the other? We just talked about that. People are weary because those who don't give and don't serve, those other people have to give more, serve more, and bear more of the burden. So again, when, when somebody doesn't step up and do their part, and then the other people have to give more, serve more, spend more time, and this is where people burn out. Now, I know you might not think that people burn out, but I'm here to tell you. If you get back there every week and you have to do it every single week and there's nobody ever helping you and you don't ever get to participate in some of the things maybe the rest of us just take advantage of because nobody else will step up and do it. This is where burnout happens. This is where burnout when there's not enough help. People get stuck doing the, the same ones, get stuck doing the same job over and over and over again, and people begin to burn out, okay? All right, uh, so um, there would be no burnout, and people would flourish and prosper if we were all in one place and everybody just did, did a little bit. Uh, number two thing is this. There are no transplants in God's body. Now, we live in a day and age where transplants are a wonderful thing. If my old ticker gives out, they can take a heart from somebody else and they can transplant it into my body. But in God's, in the body of Christ, God has a specific job for each and every person. And there are no transplants. I can't just say, well, I'm not going to preach today. Julie's going to do it. Do you want to do that, Julie? She don't mind singing to you, but she don't want to get up here and preach. Amen. So here's the thing. There's, there's not a, a transplant. God has called each of us to a specific thing and to do certain things, and there's no transplants. Nobody can take your place. You say, well, Brother Mark, that's not true. Let me put it this way. God has placed you at your job, not just so you can take a paycheck home. God has placed you at your job because there needs to be a Christian witness and a light for Christ in that particular office, in that particular workplace, in that particular place. And God has placed you there for such a time as this. Many times we don't understand it's a, as much about your place as it is anything else. You cannot be 
what, what God wants you. You can't be doing what God wants you to do if you're not in the right place. And many times we're searching for so much. We're searching for a pat on the back. We're searching for recognition. We want people to recognize us if we do something. But we never learn to just serve for the sake of serving. And if you're just looking for a pat on the back or you're looking for recognition, guess what? You're not doing it for the right reason, and it's not going to last. But guess what? You have to learn to be faithful. You remember what, uh, what was said in the Bible? The Bible says it this way, that in order before God will bless you in the bigger things, you have to what? Learn to be faithful in the little things. You know, before God could bless me to be the pastor, I had to learn to serve under other people. I had to learn to be uh, submissive to the leadership of another pastor. And I served, I've served in all sizes of churches. Uh, and when I started out, I started when I was 19. And I was 19 years old. I went over to a church that's no longer in existence, uh, but it was Park Heights Baptist Church over on the Van Highway. And that was the very first church I served at. I was 19 years old. And bless those people's heart, I didn't know nothing. Amen. Uh, I didn't know what I was doing. And bless God, they just loved me and let me come in and learn how to do what I was doing. And then as... Uh, God began to bless, and as I proved my faithfulness there, then God moved me to another place and uh, to a little bit larger place. And then as I stayed there for a while and I proved myself faithful over those things, then God began to bless me even more into a little bit larger place. So what I'm telling you is it's as much about your placement. Be where God has called you to be and prove yourself faithful over the little things all of us want the big position. All of us want to be the big wig, the big cheese. But I'm here to tell you, God says in order to do that, you have to prove yourself faithful over the little things first. And if you're not faithful over the little things, he's probably never going to move you on to the next thing or the next bigger thing, okay? So we've got to understand that no transplants. Transplants uh, can happen, but if you try and transplant an organ that should not be, it can be rejected. One of the things when they do a transplant, I have a friend who's had a kidney transplant, and he has to take what they call anti-rejection medicine because this kidney that he has had transplanted, his body can begin to reject it. And that's one of the things that's common with the transplant. They have to make sure that your body does not reject that transplant, okay? Now, what would happen if I went in for a heart transplant and the doctor messed it up and he put a lung in there? That ain't going to work, is it? No. He's got to put the right thing and what it was designed for, and he's got to do. So everybody has something to do. Everybody has a position to do. Everybody has talents and gifts and abilities. And guess what? You do not get to pick what you do. In the same way that verse said, you can't say, well, I'm an eyeball. Well, I don't like being an eyeball. I want to be an ear. You don't get to choose that. God says he's the giver of gifts, and so God decides what gifts to give you. And it's not your job to complain. It's not your job to gripe and moan and say, well, I don't like this. I want to do this. It's your job to say, God, this is what you've given me. This is the job you've given me. This is the talent you've given me. This is the ability you've given me. And, God, I'm going to use it for you and for your glory. Amen. So that's what God has called us to do. All right? Uh, so no transplants. Number three, a body part disconnected has no value. <laughs> uh, now, guess what they did? Again, I'm, I'm trying not to gross you out. I made the mistake of when they were when I was fixing to have this knee replaced. Don't do this. I went on YouTube and watched a video of a knee replacement. Don't don't do that. Please don't do that. Okay. It was not pretty. 
I really didn't want to see it. I really would have rather have not known what they were doing when they went in there. But, you know, literally what they do is uh, they pretty much, when they go in to do that knee replacement, they pretty much kind of amputate your leg for a moment. And they take those old parts out, and guess what? That knee now has no cartilage. It's bone on bone. It's rubbing against each other. And so guess what? That knee is pretty much useless. And when they took that, my original knee out, it is of no value anymore. All it was doing was causing me problems and, again, throwing the rest of my body off. Now, they put in this metal knee. Amen? And thank God for technology, and thank God they can do that. Amen? And now there's no pain there. Guess what? There's also not a lot of feeling in there, too. There's some dead spots in there, amen, because it's metal. And I forget I have a metal knee. I went to do jury duty the other day. Every time I walk through a metal detector now, I got to remember, oh, yeah, I got a metal knee. You know, and it's one of those things that you just, it's a part of you now. But, and thank God for it again. But listen, that knee that they took out, it was bone on bone, cartilage was gone. It was disconnected, and it was useless. If you are disconnected from this body, you're useless to this body. You're not doing what God has called you to do. Listen, if COVID has taught us anything, it's that the enemy will do everything in his power to disconnect you from the body. Can I get an amen? He, the devil knows how to use those things, use our fear, use our sickness, use all of those things. And he has ended up disconnecting tons of people from the body. And listen, we need each other. Those people that are that used to be here with us and now are not here with us, they need us. We need them. Amen? God says that uh, to not forsake the assembling of yourselves, that's sin. But guess what? The enemy knows how to deceive us, and when he disconnects you from the body, you are no longer of use to the body. You're not helping the body. All you people watching at home, I love you, but you're not helping us. Amen? We need you here. We need you physically here. Amen? And if you're sick, uh, please stay at home, amen? We don't want your sickness. Uh, but, you know, those of you that could be here but you're not here, uh, we need you. You need us. God did not design us to, uh, to do this alone, amen? We need each other. Why did Jesus, if the Son of God needed 12 others, what do you think that says about you and me? We need each other. The Son of God needed those 12. He knew that when he was crucified and he left, those disciples were going to be the ones that were going to carry the message on, and they were going to keep things going. And that, the, the church was going to either survive or die because of those, those ones right there, the disciples. All right? Okay. So uh, a body part disconnected has no value. We applaud a gift, but on its own it cannot do anything. Miss Julie has a wonderful singing voice, doesn't she? Yeah. Amen. Amen. Give her a big hand. Yeah. But that gift only manifests itself and only blesses you when she allows God to use it for his glory. Amen? The gift itself does not really deserve applause. But the gift, when we use it properly and we put it into action for the glory of the Lord, then it becomes something to be proud of. And we should not be doing it for men's applause. I can tell you, uh, we, we don't need to do it for men's applause. Again, if you are doing things only for recognition, uh, it's, it's not going to last very long. You need to be doing it because God has called you to do it. You know what the greatest thing I can say about being the pastor here is, and the hardest part sometimes is just staying faithful. Do you think I feel like preaching every week? Do you think that the devil don't show up at my house some weeks, and the last thing I really want to get up here and do is proclaim the joy of the Lord? 
I'm no different than you. I'm flesh and blood. But you know what? The greatest thing I can say, God has called me to it, and I show up whether I feel like it or not. I show up whether I've got, whether I'm having great joy that week or whether the devil has been on me and beat me on the head. I show up every My job is to show up and be faithful and do what God called me to do. And it ain't no different for the rest of us. Amen. We don't always feel like it. I know you don't always feel like being here on Sunday. But you've heard me say this before. The Sundays that you feel the most like not coming, that's the Sunday you need to get down here the quickest. You know that? Are you right? Because the devil wants to keep you away. And the more the devil is trying to keep you away, the more you know the Lord wants to speak to you and tell you something. All right? So on the days that you feel like, oh, I just... I just can't do it. I can't put the fake smile on today. I just can't. Come on. Come on. Amen. I might make fun of you a little bit, but you'll get over it. Amen. Uh, you know, you hear me say, put that smile on, whatever. Listen, I'm just trying to encourage you because, listen, I know there are some weeks it's just all you can do just to get here. But can I say the Lord will never fail to bless you. If you take the time to show up, the Lord will never fail to bless you. And on the, on the weeks when it, it feels like you just can't hardly get here, that's when inevitably the Lord's going to bless you the most. Amen. So don't let the devil win. Okay. All right. Um, let's see here. When we exalt an individual part, it keeps our eyes off the head. If you read the letters of Paul, one thing that Paul always did was he always deflected the attention and it was always to the Lord. If the ear wants all the attention, it takes the attention off the main head. Who is the head of the church? Jesus Christ. Who is the head of the body of Christ? Jesus Christ. I should not seek any attention myself. Whether I'm an eyeball, whether I'm an ear, whether I'm a nose, I should not seek the attention. What is the job of the eye? It's to see and do its job. What is the job of the ear? It's to hear and to do its job. I don't want to take any credit away from the head, and the head is Jesus Christ. Amen. All glory goes to God the Father and God the Son. Amen. Amen. All right. So uh, don't, don't do it for accolades. Don't do it for attention. Uh, Jesus said, I will build my church, and it's our job to build the body and make the body operate the way it's supposed to. Number four thing, last thing here is healing happens in the right place. Now, this goes back to what I was saying. You cannot be a part of the body if you're disconnected. So healing happens in the right place. In, in your being called by God and God using you, it's as much about being in the right place at the right time as it is anything. You know what? How did God bring this beautiful woman into my life? And I know everybody here is asking that same question. Brother Mark, how did you end up with that? Amen. All I can say is it's a miracle of God, I'd say. Amen? But you know what? It's, his, it's about being in the right place at the right time. God is arranging things in your life. But if you're always discontent, now listen, I'm going to preach to you real quick here. Let me see everybody's eyeballs. If you're always discontent, you're always unhappy, and you're always moving around, you're not going to be in the right place at the right time. Sometimes you have to be still and know that he is God and sometimes you have to wait upon the Lord, and that means just sitting where you're at and being faithful where you're at, where God has called you to be, be in the right place at the right time. Amen? We got a lot of church hopping today. You know why people are church hoppers? Because they're never happy. They're never content. 
they're always discontent. They're always looking for the next greatest, biggest thing. They're always looking for the next, uh, ooh, i got to get the, the spiritual goosebumps. And this church just ain't doing it anymore. And so guess what? Uh, the new wears off of everything. That brand new car you drove off the lot brand new, it will get old. The new smell will wear off. The excitement that you get every time you get in it and drive off will, will start to fade. Amen? Everything becomes old and routine eventually. But that's not what God has called you to do. You sh you're not, your job is not to go looking for the spiritual goosebumps and the newest high every week. Your job is to say, God, where have you planted me? And that's where I'm going to be, and I'm going to plant myself, and I'm going to wait upon the Lord, and I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to show up, and I'm going to be faithful, and I'm going to do what you called me to do. I'm preaching to you. Amen. And that's, that's not easy because our human nature is to always be moving around, never be content, always trying to do something different. And I'm here to tell you, Jesus was faithful. Jesus prepared 30 years to do three years of ministry. You want to talk about patience? You want to talk about just waiting on upon his father and saying, Lord, I'm waiting on the right time. 30 years of prep for three years of ministry. And then through that whole three years, knowing exactly where it was headed to. And guess what? Even the Son of God didn't always want to do it. What do you mean, Brother Mark? Go to the Garden of Gethsemane right before Jesus was crucified. Remember what he said? Father, if there be any way, take this cup away from me. He knew what it was going to cost. He knew what it was going to take. And even Jesus said, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. Lord, I don't know if I'm up for the task. You know, on those days you get up and you say, Lord, I just don't know if I can do it anymore. I'm just going to stop going to church. I'm just going to stop serving you. I'm just going to stop reading my Bible. I'm just going to stop praying because I just don't know if I can do it. He endured a cross for you. And you can't get up out of the bed and come and be with him on Sunday morning and be in his house and serve and do what he's called us to do. But people are leaving the church in droves. People are leaving their faith in droves. People are leaving the ministry in droves, friends of mine leaving the ministry. Why? Because the devil is having a heyday, and if you don't remain faithful, then guess what? We all lose. Churches are shutting their doors every day. New churches are shutting the doors. What does that mean for us? That means that the body hurts. That hurts the entire body, and that you and I, we see Satan gains a little bit of ground, and Satan gains a little bit of ground. God has called each of us to be faithful. I'm going to end it like this. I'm going to give you two examples. 1 Samuel 16, 11 through 13. This first example is Samuel coming to anoint the next king of Israel. It says, and Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? Then he said, there remains yet the youngest. And there he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him, for we will not sit down till he comes here. So he sent and he brought him in. Now he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. The Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. King David anointed. Where was David? Was David looking for the spotlight? Was David looking for the accolades? Was David looking for the pat on? No, David was just being faithful, and he's out 
in a pasture with a bunch of sheep, just doing, just being faithful over the little things. And God says, David, you're the next king of Israel. Found him on the backside of the desert, tending sheep. Let's look at the second one. Scripture, Exodus 3, 2. Moses. Remember this little story? The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. And so he looked and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. All right. God is launching Moses and God found him on the backside of the desert and he was in place when the burning bush turned up. Where was Moses? You remember what happened? Moses had been in exile for 40 years and God had to go find him on the backside of the desert. Again, tending sheep, doing the, the small things. And God said, it's time, Moses, and I'm going to raise you up and you're going to lead my children Israel. And he was 80 years old at the time. And he, he tried every excuse in the book. Lord, I'm just back here tending sheep. I, you know, I, I had to run and hide. I've been hi in hiding for the last 40 years because uh, somebody got murdered. I murdered somebody and somebody got killed because of me. And here I am on the backside of the desert. And the Lord said, I don't care. You've been faithful over little things. It's time to step up and do your thing. And God called Moses. Amen. God is calling each and every one of us. Most times we want a position without embracing our place. God has called you to be faithful. Here's my encouragement today. Be faithful. Be faithful. Now those cards that I left out in the deal, some of you need to do more than what you're doing. Uh, take that card today and say, Brother Mark, I could, I could help. I could help work in the nursery once a month. Brother Mark, I, I could help teach a, a kid's class. Brother Mark, I could help with the cleaning of the church. Brother Mark, I could help do this. I could help do that. Write your name on there and just put, this is what I could do to help. Because guess what? That's going to bless somebody else. And that's going to make it where somebody's not having to overcompensate and carry the load. Amen. Julie, come and uh, if you would, bow your head and close your eyes. Are you here today? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need, to get, you need to know him today. And he is as close as a prayer away. I just want to lead you in a prayer. If you're here today and you say, Brother Mark, I don't know if I were to die right now, if I'd go to heaven. Guess what? If you don't know for sure, you need to know for sure. And you know why you can know for sure? It's because it's all about the blood of Jesus. And what he did for you on that cross. So if you're here today and you're not for sure, pray this prayer with me in your heart and your mind. Say, dear Jesus, I admit that I'm a sinner. And right now, the best way I know how, I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe, Jesus, that you died on the cross for my sins. And right now, I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me of my sins and save me. Maybe you prayed that prayer today for the first time. Maybe you prayed that prayer as a prayer of recommitment. Please let me know that when we do an altar call here in just a moment. Maybe you're here today and you say, Brother Mark, I'm saved, but I'm just not, I'm not doing everything I could do. I'm not stepping up and doing what I can do. That's okay. Again, the Lord is always waiting with his arms open wide. Today, commit yourself and say, Brother, Brother Mark, I'm going to do what God has called me to do. You don't do it for me. Do it because God's called you to do it. And that's what you know you need to do. Father, have your will and your way during this time. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen. Let's all stand. The altar is open. If you need to come and just pray, if you'd like for me to pray over you, I would love to do that. If you prayed that prayer, come and tell me. Brother Mark, I prayed that prayer uh, just a moment ago while Julie sings. All right.
enjoy uh, just to want you to enjoy the rest of your day again our time is not over if you need prayer you can still come see me uh, but I want you to go and I want you to find your joy in the Lord find your place of service where God has called you again use that card if there's any area you can help us in uh, write your name tell us where uh, where you can help at and you can just put that in the basket on your way out God bless you you're dismissed amen <laughs>